Listener, it was his kneecap. Oh, oh, what? No, 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 no. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this week's edition of What A Way To Go, a podcast about unusual deaths, near misses and bizarre stories. Um, We're your hosts, I'm Eleanor Gamer. I'm Sarah Austin. And I'm Claire Daly. We are on episode 10. Woo! We can't Big believe- 10. Big 10. It's our 10th birthday. Well, well sort of. Yeah. 10 episodes birthday. <laughs> um, and as a treat... A bit, a bit of a laugh. As a no, it's not a treat, is it? No. None, of, none of this. I mean, the act of this is a treat, but okay. like the yeah. And to mark uh, episode number ten, we thought we'd bring a theme to the studio today, and that is celebrity. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to drum roll. I, no, no, I spoiled it. Gone. I mean, no one gives a shit anyway. <laughs> the theme is. <laughs> Celebrity, celebrity deaths, deaths. Slash, or near misses. <laughs> um, so shout out to my husband Steve for being our adjudicator on this to make sure we weren't covering the same people. Mm. Independent adjudicator. Independent yeah. adjudicator. Oh, we probably should say that we've been on holiday as well in the last week. Yep. Just because we want a, blo- a bloat. <laughs> <laughs> we've done, well, that. We done that. We've eaten a lot, a lot of, of bread. A lot of beer. Just because we want a, a gloat. Um, gloat and bloat. So we've been in Spain and it's been well nice. Mm. Apart from Els, who was delayed by... Apart from being with me. (laughs) (laughs) That was was the the downside. Sorry, guys. Don't invite me, then. Fine, next time. You can just not come to the next episode recording, either. Just slink you right out. That would never happen. But yeah, your 48-hour delay getting home must have been a shocker. Yeah, it's quite, quite a long... Quite a long one, yeah. <laughs> I've never had a flight cancel on me before, so it was a new experience. Mm. I went through a phase where, guaranteed, didn't matter where I was going, didn't matter who I was going with, that flight was going to be delayed. Mm. And I thought I had stricken myself of that curse, but no, it's come back. Cause came we were, back with a vengeance. Yeah, it really did. Delayed on the way there, bloody mm-hmm. cancelled on the way back. Shocker. So we had a lovely two-night extra on a roundabout in an industrial park in Barcelona. <laughs> I can really recommend it. What more could you want from holiday? Not a lot, to be honest. And we were the just slough down... of Barcelona. It was bi- basically we were just down the road from a big shopping centre that was quite Westfield-like as well. Oh. Essential. And you know, who doesn't enjoy a day in Westfield? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, so daily, you kick us off this week with your celebrity death or celebrity near miss. I knew so as excited soon, as soon as soon as, <laughs> soon as you suggested the, the celebrity theme. I knew exactly who I was going to do. This is exciting. I'm doing Brandon Lee. Ooh, oh, nice one. Yeah. So Brandon Lee mm. is an actor. I was going to say his story starts with his father, who is. Bruce Lee, mm-hmm. the legendary kung fu actor. Mm. But the, I actually, in my research, I found a quote from Brandon Lee saying, I don't want to just be remembered as Bruce Lee's son. Oh, so I thought, I'm not going to go too heavy on Bruce Lee. You know, you all know who he is. Mm. Um, and so obviously Brandon came from quite a, uh, a, a strong gene pool for kung fu and for acting. So I'm just going to talk about Brandon. So he was born in 1965 in California. 
1971, between 1971 and 1973, he and his family lived in Hong Kong until his father's death. So his father died in 1973, where, at which time him and his mother moved back to, moved back to California. Um, just bits and pieces about his um, his kind of early life. He was uh, expelled from his high school due to insubordination. And that was because he was driving down the school's hill backwards. And I felt like that doesn't seem like that bad a thing to do, but I suppose it's probably... Just pat him on the back, if anything. Yeah. Maybe it's a little bit dangerous. Um, but anyway, so he, he obviously had acting in his blood. Uh, he went through high school and then went to... Moved over to New York once he'd finished high school to take acting lessons and martial arts. This is quite nice. His um, martial arts instructors were predominantly his father's top students, Dan Innocento and Richard Bustillo. Oh. So he was kind of like trained by the people who had been trained by his father, which is pretty nice. So anyway, he's had his um, few years in, in New York and then he moves back to L.A. to like try and crack the movie business, basically, oh. to try and crack showbiz. So for a few years, he's kind of plodding along, doing like script reading roles, doing cameos here and there, taking quite small parts in different films. Um, and basically, the big defining moment of his career was landing the lead role in The Crow in 1992. So The Crow is um, based on a popular underground superhero comic book series by James O. Barr. Um, it, the comic book series was inspired by the author's uh, uh, fiancé's death. Um, she was killed in a car crash and he kind of fantasised about um, being able to come, well, being able to kind of take out vengeance on the people who killed her. Um, it was quite a popular but, yeah, kind of subversive, gothy comic book series. Um, it got basically the storyline is this musician and his fiance are brutally murdered by like a, a crime gang and um on the uh, the one year anniversary of the of their death a crow brings the man back to life it's comic book right it's a superior comic book um <laughs> a crow brings the man back to life and he basically stalks after the killers this trio of like bad guys that killed him and his fiance um and that's the plot of it. And it's, it's very, very gothy. It was very, like, based on... Well, it was kind of a trend at the time, which was 1993, of, like, quite gothic, um, moody films, a bit like... So kind of kicked off by Tim Burton's mm. Batman in 1989. Mm. Mm. Um, and then, like, it's also been said that, like, Blade Runner was an influence or whatever. So they begin shooting in Wilmington in, uh, in America somewhere. I don't know the state, but it's fine. It's Wilmington. Um, and basically, from the get-go, this this shoot was a total disaster. There was loads of delays, loads of complications, loads of discontent uh, with the crew and the cast. Um, basically, just at the beginning of shooting, the, quote, storm of the century swept through the southeastern US. So we, like, held up uh, shooting for days and days. There was literally, like, snowstorm, icicles everywhere. They couldn't shoot. In addition to that, it was purely shot at night Ooh. and it was freezing. So literally a nine-week night, a freezing nine-week night shoot was what everyone was up against. Oh, God. Um, so generally speaking, there was loads of dissatisfaction on the shoot. However, it's been said that Lee basically brought everyone out of that and his commitment to the role and to the shoot and to the, sh to the film was really impressive, made everyone really admire him and really love him. Um, so basically... 
he was acting his socks off and that kind of inspired people to get out of their begrudging filming of the of the film of the movie mm-hmm. so there is a scene in which the main character eric who is played by brandon lee it's kind of the the kind of reveal of the whole well not the reveal of the whole film but it's a, a critical um scene in the whole film where eric returns from grocery shopping and finds these three crime uh, lord one well, they're not crime lords but like a gang trio um brutally attacking his fiance and Eric, the main character, comes in through the front door and is shot by one of these thugs. Um, so this is where the story happens, basically. I'm kind of assuming you both know what happened. I'm assuming a lot of people know what happened, but it's just one of those stories that's always been really, really fascinating and kind mm. of insane that mm. happened. So basically... Um, one of the thugs who was so so let's now say that we're on set so one of the four thugs four thugs not three who was chosen almost at random on the night was to raise a magnum 44 at Draven so Eric Draven is the character's name as he entered obliviously through the door a single blank was to be fired and a squib simultaneously let off in the shopping bag so he had like big paper grocery bags in front of him and like a, a blood squib was going to pop and like make it look like he'd been shot so that happened. The um, the actor playing the guy who shot him called Funboy nice. was called um, Michael Massey. And so everything was going as planned. He shot him. It was only when Brandon fell backwards from the blast, not forwards, as they'd all planned, did they realise that something had gone pretty horribly wrong. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. So it turns out something has fired out of the gun and actually hit Lee. Um, at the time, they don't know exactly what's happened because why would you? Why would you think that anything has happened? Yeah. But anyway, he's killed over um, and he's basically lying on the floor, turning grey is, is the phrasing that I've, I've read. Um, so suddenly they realised that something really bad had happened. Um, he was rushed to the nearest hospital as soon as an ambulance could arrive. He underwent 12 hours of intermittent surgery and was pronounced dead at 1.03pm the next day. Oh, Jesus. So what happened was, it's quite interesting that this this is one of those films that has carried a lot of uh, like urban legend around it. People saying it's like a cursed film and all of this terrible stuff happened. And then as soon as... Brandon Lee had died. People were saying it was like there was theories that it was ninjas in the rafters. There was theories that it was all this mental stuff. But the reality is just really sad and really grim because basically it was a one in a million instance of the wrong gun being unloaded on him at the wrong time and in the wrong anatomical place. Because effectively, Eric Mass, um, Michael Massey, sorry, who was who actually had the gun. Well, the pinpoint deadliness of his aim was a particularly hideous fluke because he effectively shot him directly in an artery. It basically the, the what came out of the gun went into his belly button and went straight into a, the Jesus. artery that sends blood down to your legs. Oh like pinpoint precision. <clears throat> but what had actually come out of the gun and this is really I don't really understand prop guns and all of this stuff, but basically there's something called in if you're using um guns and bullets for films or whatever, 
there's something called dummy bullets and blanks. And I think, as I understand it, I've been trying to like work out what it is. A blank is the thing that you would fire like on the screen and it makes the big bang. But a, but, but I don't think blanks look like bullets. So you have to use dummy bullets for if you're doing like a close up shot of loading bullets. Right. So they're two different things. And basically dummies have like a quarter of the charge um, of blanks. This is this will become relevant because basically the, the gun that Massey had been using had been used in a scene the day before on a uh, second unit shoot. I don't really know what that means. I think maybe that means like when they're doing shooting all the kind of extra bits that they don't need all the actors there for doing close. So basically this particular gun and these bullets had been used for a second unit shoot the day before. So they'd been filming a close-up of the gun of bullets being loaded into it. So they were dummies going into the loaded gun. Um, and then basically these dummies had been fabricated by taking real bullets and taking the gunpowder out of them. Oh. And this seems to be like whether it was like to, to save time, they didn't have the time to get the right amount of dummies or it was like a cost thing. Basically, this is this is where the health and safety fucked up because someone had just kind of taken real bullets and taken a bit of the gunpowder oh around. <laughs> so they were like real, real shoddy bullets, really, really awful. And effectively, the day before, one of them had been fired, but the little lead tip that had been like by hand put back on the end of it was still lodged in the barrel of the gun. So then the following day, when there was a blank sitting behind it, the blank pushed that lead tip oh, out, and that's what killed oh, Brandon. Because right. <clears throat> that's the piece that... You know, you hear about, you have heard about this story before, but you're like, well, so was it a fake gun? Someone accidentally put a real gun, but no, that was it. It's like literally a little, th a little wedgy thing was lodged down the barrel of the gun. Yeah. And so someone could have checked it and just not noticed it. Exactly. So it's like a combination of like all the safety procedures being overlooked. You know, could someone have cleaned the barrel? Even just like looking down the barrel would have would have changed the outcome. But so. Yeah, basically, the lead tip of the bullet pushed out by the blank charge scratched the bottom of the shopping bag before perforating Lee's navel, um, and it and it hit the aorta that branches to provide blood supply to the legs. So, real, real sad, and he's died, and it's not really Michael Massey's fault. Um, obviously, understandably, no one has ever blamed Michael Massey for um, his death, but he said in an interview in 2005, I don't think you ever get over something like that. No. Actually, actually, Michael Massey only died like two years ago. Aww. He died in 2016. Um, but I can't imagine that it was like, you know, that must have been very, very hard to for him to get over. Yeah. Yeah. So there is there is footage of because they were filming. There is footage of it happening, oh, and wow. you know, t for it to be for him to actually have been shot and killed at the time when his character is being shot and killed is pretty pretty insane. So when that all happened, they were like six days away from the end of shooting. Um, abandoning the film was the most logical and tasteful idea. Like, everyone was like, no, we're just going to wrap it up. Um, the insurance company underwriting production was willing to stump up for the entire cost thus far, pay off the bank loan to pay for the film's completion or to pay off the bank loan. Um, so basically the insurance company was like, however you want to proceed, we'll cover. So... Initially, they were like, we're scrapping this. But apparently after Brandon's funeral, kind of the cast and crew felt a little bit reinvigorated and re-energised. A different mood prevailed. 
Um, and there was a desire among the cast and crew who'd become closest to him. Like I said, they all basically loved him after he had kind of dragged them through these freezing uh, night shoots. Um, and they basically wanted to get the film put together in his honour since, since he dedicated so much stamina to starring in it. So basically they reshot a load of footage um, or they 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 finished the, the scenes that were missing through use of like stunt doubles and a bit of CGI. So there is a rumour that the, the scene in which he's shot in the film is the actual scene where he got killed, but it's definitely not. Like, that's that's absolute lunacy. Like, that footage does exist, but it's not. They didn't put it in the final mm. film. It's nonsense, they said. Um, so, yeah, that's the story of Brandon Lee, more or less. He was um, engaged as well. There's kind of like a few parallels between, like, what happened in real life and the film. Um, he was engaged to be married, like, the following year. Um it's just very, it's incredibly tragic. Um, again, just like these few fluke things, like someone took the decision to, you know, make these dummy bullets shoddily by hand for whatever reason. Someone didn't then check the gun. Someone, so basically Michael Massey, who shot him, could didn't could have like aimed to one side, didn't necessarily need to shoot at him, but he thought he had blanks, so it didn't, he was just like, well, mm. we'll make it look realistic. Yeah. Then again, if it had been like a few inches either side of this... He could have survived. Yeah, um, he could have survived. And it's, uh, yeah, it's incredibly sad. But It's really sad. I actually didn't know that in, yeah. in detail no, I stuff about it. I knew either. that it happened, that it was an accident and <laughs> yeah. everything, but yeah. I didn't know the intricacies yeah. about it. And The Crow went on to be a massive hit. Like, uh, it was a, it's a real kind of goth classic, um, really well received. They are remaking it. There's been rumours of a remake of swirling <clears throat> for years. And until seven days ago, um, what's his chops from Game of Thrones? Big hunky one. What's his name? Oh, Jason. Jason Momoa. Yeah. Jason Momoa was going to be Oh, the wow. lead character, but mm. he and the director pulled out seven days ago. Oh. So there probably will still be a remake. Um, but yeah, it it got the... I, I think a lot of people say that would have been Brandon Lee's huge breakthrough role. Yeah, yeah. that's really sad. He was a babe as well, FYI. Mm. Not that we're being superficial, but he was. <laughs> so he probably would have been a very good Hollywood star. Heartthrob. Was he his mum's only son? I believe so, yeah. So she lost her husband and then her son. Yeah. Mm, that's really sad. That's yeah. really sad. Didn't um, I will check that and we can cut it if it's not true. <laughs> Didn't Bruce Lee die in die Valley on Surface? Set. Yeah, yeah. He died from a, a reaction to analgesic, which is like anaesthetic, right? Yeah, something like so that. So the notion of the crow being, being in some way a cursed production inevitably dies hard. Much of this comes from the law surrounding Bruce Lee's death from a brain hemorrhage 20 years earlier caused by a freak reaction to an analgesic. In his biopic Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, released mere weeks after Brandon's death, there's even, a, yeah, there's even a creepy climactic scene in which young Brandon is stalked by the demon that's just attacked his father. What? Oh, wow. Mm. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, that's... um. Yeah, it's a sad story. I, I, when I looked at, I, when I was looking for this, I was considering that because I'd seen it before when looking at other stuff, but I did have a inkling that someone else might do it, mm -hmm. and I think you've done it really well. So. Oh, thanks. Yeah, well yeah. done. I couldn't print out, so I've just been going on screen grabs, <laughs> <laughs> screen grabs, and literally handwritten notes. So, I like so it. It's a bit disjointed. Yeah, it's just such a well-known one as well, isn't it? Like everyone yeah. knows that. Well, it's probably one of the worst, but not 
worst, one of the most well-known accidents on set. Yeah, and I think like you do, I was starting reading about that, I was reading about loads, like there's loads and loads and loads of on-set accidents, but that's it, they're just sort of like someone's hit by something or whatever, but I think the fact that this was like a, someone shot him, unwillingly shot him and killed him, that's kind of what I thought was bananas. About Such it. a fuck-up, isn't it? Yeah, it really is, it's so sad. Yeah. Anyway, so that's Brandon Lee. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Enjoyable. Really good. Poor good Brandon. storytelling. Mm. Right. Els. Els. She's had her piece of paper turned over, so I'm treat. Cheat. I am. Um, mine is kind of linked to yours a little bit. Not massively. It's not Bruce Lee. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> can you imagine? We've done that. <laughs> Steve's really dropped the ball. Yeah. Well, so I had someone else in mind and I text Steve and I was like, okay. And then I told Matt and Matt was like, oh. Who was it? Tell us. It was Brittany Murphy. Oh. Interesting. Because I thought there was a whole lot, like, it, <clears throat> she, her husband literally died two weeks after she died. Yeah, there's and there a was lot of about, like, yeah. toxic, stuff. There was quite a lot to go into, but... I don't know. Matt was like, maybe it's a bit recent. And then he made me doubt myself. Oh, no. <laughs> then I texted Steve again last night and I was like, Steve, I'm not sure. <laughs> what about this one? And he was like, no, you're good. Clear. Okay. So, mine's a little bit outside of the box in that it's not a person. It's related to a film, essentially. Ooh, what? What's going on? So, this is a film that is, I guess, similarly to The Crow, thought of as cursed because lots of things happened to the crew that were some resulting in death some resulting in near misses whilst the film was being filmed or just after what what film do you think it is Dave? i think it's one of two films but i'm just gonna say for my reaction it's the omen oh it's not the one of the two i oh, think oh, okay. what did you think it was exorcist. Poltergeist or exorcist yeah i was gonna do poltergeist yeah, yeah 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 i was gonna do poltergeist and then matt said the omen's got more that so omen that's fucking right <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking cool all right amazing okay i'm, I'm settling in okay so yeah I mean, have you seen the omen mm. no no petrified I won't yes it. yeah i've seen it and everyone like I don't remember. I must have been scared by it. I was thinking about this on my way into work this morning. I have a memory of watching it just because it was on TV with my mum, which <laughs> feels wrong. <laughs> that feels like that didn't happen. So I don't know if I'm confusing memories, but I definitely wouldn't have watched it on my own because I'm a wimp. So Maybe you watched some satirical redo of it, like a French and Saunders <laughs> version or something with your mum. Maybe. That would be amazing. I, de- I have definitely seen it, though. It was a while ago. Um Oh, <laughs> Frog in my throat. Hello. <laughs> Damien? <laughs> um, so it's a horror film. It was released in 1976 um, and it was directed by Richard Donner and it was written by David Seltzer and it was starring Gregory Peck. Peck? Yeah, Peck. Mm. It was starring Gregory Peck. Atticus Finch. Um, yeah, Atticus Finch. I love that film. Um, and book. The so the basic premise of the film is that um, a couple have a baby. The baby dies, and then it's kind of replaced by another baby at the hospital. And the dad knows about this replacement, but the mum doesn't. Ooh. And the baby is actually the son of Satan, just popping around, just walking mm. around the hospital. Yeah, often is. <laughs> so um, the his dad pops good old Satan. He, oh, right, yeah. This, yeah. This his birth dad. His birth, his birth dad, his real dad. He wants him to live with um, with a 
with a family that are like wealthy and powerful so that he can grow and dominate. Um, so when he's kind of taken in by this family, then mysterious and ominous deaths occur around the family um, and they're unaware that these are linked to the son. I can't really remember how it finished, how it ends or anything like that because it's quite a while since I've seen it. Everybody dies? Yeah. A lot of people die. I don't know if everyone... I don't know what happens to Damien in the end. Does he thrive? Well, because there's several sequels. I can't remember exactly there what happens are, to him. Is he, he just rocking back and forth cackling at the probably. end? Probably. Surrounded by dead bodies. Christ. That no, that's, right. not, that's not literally it. Um, but that's kind, of, that's kind of the premise of the film and it's set in London because uh, Gregory Peck plays somebody who is like an ambassador to... The UK or whatever. So they're based Ferrero Rocher ambassador. <laughs> so the reason that it's quite an interesting film is because obviously it's quite a horrifying film and it deals with the subject of the devil. And quite a lot of horrifying events happen, um, obviously, in the film. Um, the UK release date was the 6th of June, 76. Oh. The... Remake release date was the 6th of June, 2006. Ugh. So they're really playing on the old... What day? We're on the 7th of June now, aren't we? Yeah, I know, yeah. Damien's coming. Literally yesterday. <laughs> um, so that obviously caused some... It's just, you know, it's a whole thing about it being 666, but obviously that was de- deliberate. So. Mm-hmm. so, yeah, as we touched on, there's a couple of films out there that have got this these kind of things linked to them. The Exorcist, which immediately sprung to mind when I thought about it. Poltergeist, another one. Um, also, I think Rosemary's Baby, I think there might be something around that as well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I haven't seen Rosemary's so, Baby. Oh, my God, see it. It's so good. Okay. I'll go home and watch it. Yeah. Right now, bye. Right now. <laughs> um... So the and the Omen as well. So they've all kind of come, become infamous because of the strange events that have happened to members of crew and cast during the filming. Um, so I'm just going to kind of talk about some of those. So it's not really about one person in particular. I was just to say this is so far up my street. <laughs> I love shit like this. So one of the first ones is that the crew. So the, the film set in London, and the, they wanted to get some like aerial shots of London to put into the film. So the crew chartered a plane to get these shots, um, but because of some scheduling conflicts with the plane, they actually ended up having to change the plane that they were supposed to have at the last minute. So they got on a different plane and were able to do what they needed to do. The plane that they were supposed to have, um, when that took off, that crashed and it killed everybody that was on board. Jesus. Similarly to that, Two, I read two different things. One seemed to suggest that this was before the filming. One seemed to suggest that this was just after the filming. So I'm not sure. But essentially, Gregory Peck, who played the dad, Robert Thorne, he was doing some filming in Israel and he was due to fly back to America on a private flight. But for whatever reason, he cancelled he cancelled that flight at the last minute. The plane that he was supposed to get on crashed and killed five Japanese businessmen. That's so weird. Um, there was a couple of other like weird things around flying. Um, David, Christ, I'm glad this is not before our holiday because <laughs> David Seltzer and the executive producer Mace Newfield were both in separate plane journeys where the planes got struck by lightning. What? Whilst they were in flight. Jesus Christ! Um, and I think one of them said it was like five of the worst minutes of 
they've experienced because they were just on this like plane that was struck by lightning and going crazy. Um, in the scene, there's a film where Damien, the little boy, is taken to a safari park and I think all the animals go like nuts because mm. he's the devil. Um, so one of the signs of that is that, yeah, these animals are not taking too kindly to him. So that's filmed at a safari at a safari park. I, again, I think there's some conflicting uh, accounts of whether this was like the next day or maybe a week later or something. But essentially, there was a zookeeper that was working with them because I think there's a scene to do with baboons where baboons like maybe attack or something. I don't, I'm not sure because it's been a long time since I've seen it. But that zookeeper at that safari park was killed by a lion. Yeah. Literally, like, the day after or a week after. It said that the lion ate him, and I don't know if that's true or not. But that's what a lion would do. That's not going to stab him. (laughs) No. Maybe maybe that's what... You know, these animals keep escaping from German zoos. I know, More just just happened, like, hours ago. Really? Fucking hell. Another one? What's the same zoo? I don't know if it's the same zoo, but it's German. What's going on? They're bored of it. They're rioting. (laughs) Yeah. Get out, yeah, they want to get out of the zoo, they want to get into the Alps, don't they? <laughs> go hiking. <laughs> go to the Berlin clubs. Yeah. <laughs> Have a top night out. Um, during the filming, Richard Donner, the director, was staying in a hotel nearby, I guess, and the hotel that he was staying in during the filming was bombed by the IRA whilst he was staying there. What? <clears throat> and the big one which is quite gruesome and really bizarre, is the special effects director, so uh, he's called John Richardson, and Liz Moore, his assistant, were involved in a car crash after the filming when they were working on a film called A Bridge Too Far, and that was being filmed in Amsterdam. Now... John Richardson was responsible, not responsible for, but he worked on a big scene in the film where somebody gets decapitated. In this car crash that happened to him and his assistant... Gets decapitated in the ca- in their car in the film. Oh, do they? It's, no, no, no. Tell yeah, me. it's basically exactly the same thing. Right, happens. okay. Yeah, so they get, in the film. get yeah. de- decapitated in a car. I didn't know it was in a car. So, so that happens in the film. In this car crash in real life that they were involved in, John Richardson survived it. His assistant was decapitated in this car crash in real life. And apparently this happened just outside the town of Omen. Oh, my God. In Amsterdam. And something that I read, and again, you don't know, said that when he kind of emerged from this car crash, because obviously he was quite shaken, he saw a sign that said 666 Omen, like oh my God. six population, six six, or no, I guess oh, kilometers. kilometers. Oh right. Oh, I see. I thought it was population, but that's an American thing, isn't it? They put oh my the population God. Do they? Signs. Yeah. Um. Weird, so that's really, really bizarre. And then, obviously, thirty years later, the remake comes out, and something that I read, I don't know how true this is, but Pete Postlethwaite played Father Brennan in the remake, and apparently during or maybe just after the filming. His brother was playing a game of poker and he died, I think, quite soon after that. And apparently he drew three sixes during this poker game. I don't know if that's 
you know. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of it really. But it, I just, it's just bizarre. Like all this thing, these things that are happening to people, like really horrific things as well. Like not like your average, no. like something goes wrong or whatever. Like, yeah, okay. I guess there was a lot of stuff going on with the IRA then. So that was one of them. Yeah. But the lion and the... Two lightning strikes on the plane. It's just too it's many just coincidences in, around the same group of people. It's just a bit much. Mm. So I thought that was quite an interesting one. And it's not quite the thing, but I thought it encompassed it. We all know Gregory Peck, it. don't we? I love it. Cursed films. Cursed films. Could have been a theme in itself. We've well, both done cursed films, basically. We know there's at least three more, so... Yeah. <laughs> 20? <laughs> Well done, Elsa. Well, yeah, really good. Loved well it. done. <clears throat> You've made me actually think, have I seen The Omen or have I seen a sequel? Because I don't remember uh, a baboon. Yeah, but you know about the car crash. Yeah, but I think that's just been like... That's put, just that's well like, documented. Yeah, well, well put into popular subconscious. So maybe I haven't. Should we watch it together? Yeah, right. let's watch it. And Rosemary's Baby. Oh my God, Rosemary's Baby is so good. Yeah, I want to see it. I've never seen The Exorcist either. I think that was one that I watched when I was definitely too young. Yeah, I remember it being on TV and I like um denied about watching it, but I was about twelve, so I was like, oh, I, was probably, I probably shouldn't. Can we see the the one that's hereditary in the cinema? No, absolutely <laughs> not. We'll go else. Okay. We'll go. Absolutely not. I saw the Poltergeist at um oh I can't remember what it's called. There's like this really old school Rivoli Trivoli Rivoli. The Rivoli, I think it it's in Broccoli. It's this really old school nineteen fifties dance hall. Oh. It's so cool. It's really good. Um and at Halloween they showed a few Halloween films. And I thought Podcast was really scary, but it's actually It's Steven Spielberg, more, isn't it? It's yeah, quite tame. But there are still realized. bits that are really, really scary in it. Yeah. But but on like watching it as an adult you'd be like, Oh yeah. It's not yeah. Bad. I think I thought it was scary as fuck. Because also I thought it was a f- the film where, like, a weird old man shows up at the door. Yeah, he, he does, does he not? Singing that uh, scary song. Maybe that's Pottergrace 2 or oh, 3. Maybe it's 2. Maybe 2 is scarier than 1. Because I was waiting for him to show up mm. and he didn't. He's, yeah. Where is he? Yeah, me, on, man. Me and my sister would basically just do impressions of him when we were children. Again, a film that we saw far too young. My parents were quite less au fair about what we would see. <laughs> I saw it when I was six. And oh, I think mate. I jumped about clowns for the rest of my yeah. early years. It was horrible. I haven't seen it. It's disgusting. Never yeah. watch it. <laughs> Should I do me? Go for it, Swerve. Who do you? I feel like it's not going to live up to the last two. And it's I bet it will. nowhere close to the theme. <laughs> what? Uh, no, my, it's close to the theme, but not the theme that you've both done of films. Oh, okay. Well, maybe that's fine. That's it's fine. Celebs. Yeah. Celebs. Um, I'm going to tell you the near miss story of British heartthrob Paul Nichols. Oh my god! Paul Nichols from um, <laughs> EastEnders. Oh my god, this is going to be so good. <laughs> it is a ridiculous story. So, do you know who he is? I know who he is, yeah. And so, it was Joe. Joe, Joe <laughs> Mad Joe. And then he was also in. Um, Bridget Jones, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I didn't know that until today. Yeah. And then my... what, what did he start in when he was like in something like a grain till, but not grain Wasn't till? it The Biz? Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I the fucking love The Biz. <laughs> the Biz. We all really love it. <laughs> Haven't we? <laughs> we've listened to that um, in one of our evenings of just listening to old 90s, <laughs> <laughs> 90s TV shows. Probably. We know how to have a good time, yeah. okay? 
Um, but Girl yeah, so stuff. British listeners will know who Paul is. He played the infamous character in the 90s EastEnders of Joe Wicks, who was, a, was only in it for a year. Joe Wicks? Is that the... Is that the body coach as well? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. Weird. Maybe it's the same person. Um, and then he went a bit um, crazy and he had mental health issues and he used to, like, tinfoil up his windows and stuff. So he was just quite a well-known character. Um, oh, what? His character did that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. Imagine did he go out with Sarah? Can't remember. Anyway, he quit the show a year later and he's worked on loads of shit since. He didn't get massive, though, after EastEnders, apart no. from that. But he was on... Hobby City, Secret Diary of a Cool Girl, which is mm. great because I love Billy Piper. He was also in Bridget Jones, Edge of Reason, which I didn't know. And then he's in Ackley Ridge now, the TV programme about uh, teachers on Channel 4. Okay. So he's still up and around, luckily. He's kicking about. Yeah. But anyway, so taking you back to 2017, uh, in kind of like November time, he'd been travelling around Thailand for a few weeks, so he had some time off to, you know, treat himself. Um, and then he got to Koh Samui and he loved it so much that he decided to rent an apartment for a couple of months and just live there and just have a lovely time. Uh, but it all went a bit wrong. He one day was uh, out and about and he'd been exploring the Kunsi Falls on the island and he fell off the top of a waterfall. Oh, God. So the kind of end of the story is he was found in agony at the base of the falls after a local spotted his abandoned rental motorbike um, and then police traced it back to his real name, which is Gerard Paul Greenhow. Um, that is very far from Paul Nichols. Yeah, yeah. isn't it? Gerard. Yeah. Doesn't look like a Gerard. He doesn't look like a no. Gerard at all. Um, which prompted the search, which meant he was eventually found. Uh, so when he was found, he was partially partially submerged in a rock pool, semi-conscious. He had hypothermia, but he'd been unable to move to safety or find food oh since God. the fall from the waterfall. And he'd been there for three days so waiting to be rescued. Mental. Yeah, it really is. So, yeah, the initial stories basically said that he'd fallen over a waterfall and that he'd fallen over a waterfall because he was trying to take a selfie. But that's not true. Uh, So and then hit his leg on the way down, um, which caused him to like be immobile. But what actually happened? So he went onto like loose women, which is a for people that aren't British, a female-focused daytime daytime chat show. It's like the View. The View. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, exactly. Um, And he told them the kind of his ordeal. But what had really happened was he'd rented that scooter. He was you know, mopeding around um, the mountains, not too far from the home that he was renting, but he hadn't told anywhere where he was, anyone where he was going. He was on, on his own, um, having a lovely time. But as he turned a corner, he was confronted by a pack of 15 wild dogs. Shit! <laughs> oh, my God! I did not know this bit. No, no, no. Um, so he's quoted as saying on the programme... I think one pack had made a kill and the blood had attracted the others. They were fighting with each other and then they saw me. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, and there was nowhere for him to turn around. It was a really tiny road, like obviously like quite a country rural road. So he knew he had to go through the pack on his scooter to like try and get away. Um, he did. And then what happened next was one of them grabbed onto his foot and oh. sank his teeth in. <gasps> Uh, which drew blood, obviously. So he decided to pull into the waterfall on the moped and then realised that the only way that he could escape the dogs coming was that he would have to jump Go over. Holy down shit the waterfall. Balls. No. So he fell down a 20-foot drop, which, you know, is fine. 
in theory. Um, oh, but he's... 20, I've, got, I've got no idea how big 20 feet is. I mean, well, it's, 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 big it's a big drop, but it's yeah. not like it's death yeah, on yeah, arrival yeah, sort yeah. of thing. It's thought... less than four of me. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's four of you. Well, I'm less five than, foot. Yeah, okay, so four. Okay, five foot oh, four. less than four of you. Yeah. yeah. Okay, fine. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but he smashed his knee as he went down. So he's quoted as saying, I hit a ledge on the way down. I remember seeing something and moving my head, but it just hit my knee instead. And as it happened, it looked like something flew out of my knee. Oh, God. Listener. It was his kneecap. Oh, what? No, 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 no. Oh. Um, what do you mean? It flew out. So when he resurfaced, he realised there was a hole where his kneecap should have been. Um, and then, yeah, in in a moment that sounded like something out of a horror film. Lol, we've just been talking about very horrible films. Um, he let go of his. He was holding onto his knee. He let go of his knee, and blood spurted out. <laughs> And no. then he saw creatures moving through no. the water. No, no, fucking snakes! No, water snakes! What is happening, Paul Nichols? <laughs> it's the most ridiculous story. Um, but no, they weren't snakes. They were like leeches. Oh, fine, <laughs> just fucking leeches. Blood sucking fucking bastards. Um, and he said that they seemed to be coming out of holes in the walls and the rocks. Obviously, like the disruption in the water. Oh, oh, a full they, body shiver. They knew the blood. Yeah, exactly. No. Oh, so, I'm not coming out at you. Oh, he's not having a very good time. Um, so basically, he spent the rest of the day trying to stop his leg from letting any more blood out, holding it up, keeping his hand on it. Um, didn't want to get him into the water and then batting away any creature that came towards him because obviously there would have been other things, you know, dicking around there. So it's, you know, the wilderness. Um, but it started to get dark and he faced another dilemma. He said, I knew I couldn't stay there as if it got dark. I wouldn't see the creatures that were coming towards me. So I couldn't defend myself. God. So he made the decision to go over another waterfall (laughs) to get away from them. Um, What does he think is going to be down there? It's more of the same, surely. Well, I don't know. Maybe just another layer of other shit. Um, Or salvation. Mm. Um, So this one was only 15 feet. um, But then when he got to the bottom, he managed to find a rock to lay on and he lay there screaming for help oh my god for three days um and yeah so basically the reason he was rescued that they knew that he was missing was a villager spotted the abandoned motorbike that the actor had used like Mm. it was just on the side of the waterfall um and they raised the alarm so the cops were alerted and a huge search was launched after they discovered he'd hired the bike and then gone missing like hadn't returned it um, and the rescue team spent hours hacking through the undergrowth because obviously it was quite a densely jungle, dense jungle, dense whatever. Um, and actually the reason that they knew to do the search in the first place was the woman that rented the bike was quoted as saying, he's not the kind of guy to just leave. There is something wrong. You have to go and find him, which is really nice because if she just hadn't, yeah. there, she just thought, you know, tourist just wants to take a bike and leave it or whatever. Mm. So if she hadn't raised the alarm when oh, no they started kidding. looking for him, because she obviously gave him the details, so it's quite good. So he hadn't eaten for three days when he was found, and he's quoted as saying, it took such a long time to find me. It's an understatement to say it wasn't a great situation. Um, he, the fall had left his phone unretrievable because he had it in his pocket, um, but so he couldn't call for help. And it wasn't that he's, he said, it wasn't that I was lost. The problem was I couldn't move to get out mm. of there. He had a broken leg and a missing kneecap. 
so his leg needed complete reconstruction. Um, so there was 20 people involved in his rescue. He was taken to hospital straight away and required pretty extensive surgery to sort out his knee. But he's recovered well and is back in England working normal. Absolutely crazy. Back to, yeah, everything. <clears throat> and there's a really interesting bit in the thing because there was obviously when it first where he was first found there were lots of reports about it and they were all a bit funny because they were the ones saying he took a selfie and that's why he fell but they were also like his um hospital bills ninety thousand pounds and he can't pay it etc etc but it was actually ninety thousand but so it was like five grand Um, but actually his stepdad had to pay for his hospital bills because he'd like saved up all his money to go traveling and then like no no insurance I guess well, not. I don't know. But yeah, and so yeah, he um, had to get his like stepdad to give him some money to pay off his hospital bill. But like he was really thankful. Like he thanked everyone that was there, and um, he was a bit over. He said I was really overwhelmed. But once they thank you to the rescue team, the police officers, and the lady that owns my bike because she was the one that did say on the phone like it's definitely not like him. I think he's a good guy. So that's really nice. Mm. But yeah, what a fucking horrible story. Yeah. I would have just fucking died. I would not have survived three oh, days. I don't know. Like it just. You, you have no idea until you're in that situation. It's like the 127 hours man. Like, yeah. He could have just given up and died, but he <clears throat> cut his own arm off to get away. But yeah. um, I had no idea about the wild dogs. I had no idea about the no. Yeah. When you said you were doing him, something came back to me where I was thinking, did something happen to him when he was in Thailand? But I wasn't sure if that mm. was right or not, because I thought maybe I was confusing it with Bridget Jones's diary when they go to Thailand. <laughs> But Your no. life memories are just based on Bridget Jones. Because <laughs> um, there's part of me She's that, just the ultimate single girl. You know it. Um, there's part of me that thinks that maybe the wild dog story is a bit of a mm. lie. Mm. But surely yeah. he would have had bites on him, or bites yeah. in his foot at least, because that's what was said. But yeah, just mad. Absolutely mad. Still quite a bit of a heartthrob. Uh, yeah. 38, yeah. yeah. Is he only 38? Yeah. He's pretty good. There's some nice now. pictures of him in his hospital bed. I'll put them on Instagram later. Paul Nichols. Well, well, well. Blast from the past. Yeah. Blast from the past. Um, I remember watching Bridget Jones's diary with my mum. I definitely did watch it with my mum. And she cried the whole way because she thought it was really pathetic. <laughs> she cried how at how she pathetic managed to cry it about it. She really hated the end bit where she like runs down in her knickers and then gets like oh, wrapped yeah. up by Colin Firth. And at the time I was like, what are you up to, Mum? And now I'm like, oh, fair enough. Yeah, it's <laughs> very... Despairing at the Yeah, message. I think she thought it was not the best portrayal of women. No. I would be Basic. inclined to agree. Basic AF. <laughs> you see that Legally Blonde 3's just been announced. Amazing. Yeah. Reese. 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 So, from Reese to current girl crushes. Current girl crushes, yeah. And just as a reminder, we decide to end on a lighter note. Yeah. We're talking about the women that we really like this week. Mine's quite straightforward this week, just because I think she's really funny. Chelsea Peretti. Um, oh. So she plays, she's a comedian, American comedian, who plays Gina in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, if you don't know oh, the show. Yeah. Okay. She's got like a stand-up special on Netflix. She's a stand-up. She's married to Jordan Peele, who wrote and directed uh, Get Out? Yeah, or yeah. Either wrote or directed or both? No, both. both. Yeah. Um, I didn't realise I didn't realise they were married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've got a little baby boy. Um, it's yeah. She's just really, really funny. She's one of my favourite things about Brooklyn Nine Nine. Anyway, like some of her one-liners, I think, are the funniest things. Not that she writes them, but I think they're some of the funniest things in comedy. 
Um, but in particular, the other day on the 4th of June, she tweeted, I am slowly beginning to want to be a cult leader. <laughs> so I felt like <laughs> Me. This, is, this is very <laughs> appropriate for what a way to go. Um, so yeah, Chelsea Peretti, give her, uh, give her a spin. Her surname is spelt P-E-R-E-T-T-I. Um, I just think she's very funny. I just wanted to give her a little shout out. Nice, very nice. Um, I used you're the. I might try it. Fucking hell, I might start watching Brooklyn Nine Nine because of Fair, you. Yeah, because I've it. been very anti it because I fucking hate Andy Samberg. Yeah, but you will learn to love him. Honestly, honestly, I know he's irritating, but he's like the definition. Of, if you looked at the definition of fucking irritating in the dictionary. It's Andy Sandberg's big, ugly mug. I tell you what, if you promise <laughs> me like you'll him. watch it by the end of two seasons, one and a half maybe, you will love him. We'll see. We'll absolutely put money see. on it. No. no. Might we take a while. Yeah. I am. Um, also, you're very much in control of that. You can share. Secretly <laughs> love it. 20 quid? 100 quid? <laughs> Damn it. Um, I started to try and watch it, but I just haven't got to the hook that pulls me in. Mm. Same with Community. Tried to start it. <gasps> Oh no? my god, community's the best. Is it? But yeah, everyone really likes so it. The best, and you look like Annie. Um, no, it is brilliant. How many episodes have you watched? Not that many. I definitely give it five episodes. Okay. Some of that, some of the first series. I'm holding Elsa's hand. I'm so passionate about this. <laughs> I think about now, like, okay, it's brilliant. Can I watch it with you? You do it together. <laughs> okay. You fine. can have a horror night. We can have a community night. <laughs> I need to be at both. And like. Because Donald Glover's in it, and it's just like if you think of if you're not watching Community, like if you think of Charles Gambino or Donald Glover now, you think of him in a really certain way. In Community, and then he's just Troy. He's like Troy. <laughs> he's, he's like a jock. Yeah. He's like like clean shaven, like cute as anything. It's so, I, I want to go back and watch it all again. It's such a good series. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll um I'll give it another go. I was annoyed because I, now I do not hate on the Alison Brie references because I don't think that I look like her, but I will take it because. She's a total babe. She's a total She's a babe. babe. Um, but, her, but her character oh, is no, a no, little no, bit no, annoying. No. You're not like her as a person. No, you no, just no. have like similar character, not characteristics, like um, you look like her movements, and your face looks a bit like her in certain. Oh, okay. Because I think not someone said you're like her character, and I was like, she's quite twin. No okay. way. What in community? Fine. No way. No okay. way. All right. Fine. I'll give it another go. Yeah, please do. So your girl crush isn't Alison Brie. <laughs> Oh, maybe <laughs> to be fair, I don't watch Glow. She's no, meant no. to be amazing in Glow. I, I genuinely really like Alison Brie. Yeah. Like, um, she's not going to listen Mad to this podcast. In Mad Men, yeah. she's wicked. She's in Mad Men? Yeah, yeah. she plays uh, Pete. Have you watched wife. it? Uh, I started watching it after a holiday last year when we just kept Googling young John young Hamm. Young John Hamm, who's shockingly less attractive really than Really fucking uggo. <laughs> That's most of my Google searches, is like young, young. young Harrison Ford, young John Hamm, young Keanu Reeves. Young Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Yeah, young Vince Vaughn. Yeah. Yeah, 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 he'd get it. Anyway. Um, <laughs> congratulations, Vince. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Alison Bree's really cool. I just, um, I thought her character and community seemed a bit annoying and then there'd been references and I was like, does everyone just think I'm really annoying? Everyone hates you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely not. You just look a bit like her. Okay. You look a bit like her today. Thanks. I, I will fully take that. Yeah. Even though I don't. Anyway. <laughs> Flattery. <laughs> <laughs> Who else do I look like? <laughs> who is your girl crush? I, yeah, I didn't really know who to do. So mine is just probably similar to you, just something that I've been quite enjoying. Um, mine is a post-humor, post-humor? Posthumous. Posthumous. Fuck 
Uh, mine is posthumous because, um, sadly, the person that mine is died a few years ago. But it's Victoria Wood. Oh, Because yeah. her um, BBC series is on Netflix. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, cool. And it's so good. And also Julie Walters, actually, because yes. I just love yeah. them both. And Celia Imrie. Yeah. <laughs> all three of them. <laughs> um, all in. But yeah, it's just really nice to watch. Yeah, get on it. Because they put French and Saunders on and I watched that and now I'm watching Victoria Wood just when I get like half an hour or whatever that I want to kill because it's so funny. She's so good. Aww. So, so Nice one. That's mine. She's mine. Very she was nice. very well loved. Yeah, mm. and she was just, she was quite a pioneer, wasn't she? Like she did a lot of things first and was quite universally liked as well because a lot mm. of comedians can be a bit irritating yeah. to some people so no. it's nice that she was loved by everybody yeah. and she was just like normal looking and northern and working so class normal. yeah, and, yeah. Like, people really loved her for that and yeah. identified with her yeah my sister te- I remember when she died my sister texted me and both just like I think she was just yeah. a big hit in our family yeah so, uh, well nice yeah um, mine's a bit of a weird one as well mine's technically a civilian Oh. Um, is that the what? Is? Get out. Um, but basically, I know, again, this is a little bit, oh no, my reference is a bit out of date, but the day of the island referendum mm-hmm. about mm. abortion, I was driving down to Somerset the day of the wedding, the day of the royal wedding. Was it that day? Or was it later that no, week? Oh, no, it was basically, it, all, it was all kicking off on social media. And Ireland do this thing where civilians run their Twitter accounts for them. Mm. <clears throat> and it's really fucking interesting. So it's like every week or every two weeks, they swap out a person, they, they pick different people. Like the government? Yes, yeah, so Ireland's Twitter account, so Ireland the country. The ha- country's got a Twitter account? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a tourism thing. Oh, right. So, like, it's talking about, like, the, the real people of Ireland and the stories and everything. And sometimes you get That's people nice. that are really funny or some people that have got a really interesting story or whatever or have become famous for some reason. Or at the moment they've got a transgendered person on there. But anyway, so the person that was running it the week before the referendum was a woman called Paula. Um, and I don't follow it. I just know that they do it. But I saw that someone had retweeted it. And it was basically her story about why she was yes together for yes Mm -hmm. and I don't think I've cried that much in a very long time I was sobbing my eyes out my boyfriend was like are you watching the royal wedding and crying (laughs) which I did do later in the afternoon anyway um but it was about how she um she had a crisis pregnancy and she had to fly to the UK and it was terrible she kind of like she had a kid at the time anyway so had to give it to the mum and dad her Mm. mum and dad to look after her for a while she potentially had sepsis and she didn't realise so she was like lying on the floor shivering when she got back and and there's there's been quite a few stories about how cabbies always know when they pick people up from airports and they take them to a certain address and like when they take them back to the airport like they'll have like tissues for them and stuff or just stop them help try to stop them crying and stuff and the story I mean I'll share it with you guys now um, and she's had a couple of different things that have happened for different reasons like just very human you can't ever plan things things you know take you by surprise and it's not always what you exactly want to happen at that exact time and I just thought to me and my personal opinion like she was the epitome of why I agree with abortion being the choice I, yeah. I agree with everyone having their own opinion but I, I agree that abortion should be the choice that you can make um, and yeah I was fucking sobbing I was like sat in the car like convulsing because I was crying so much Mm. and she wrote it I mean I don't know whether it's they specifically find people that have got good 
diction, but she wrote it so beautifully. It was so well thought out. It was amazing, and it really did just kind of like yeah, epitomise the whole referendum for me because she she was someone that wanted children, and she was quite relig- she is quite religious and things like that. But things happen, and you just have to mm. be human about it. So yeah, her name mm. was Paula, um, but you can't see that now because obviously it's the new person. So the new person that run is running the island Twitter account is Ita I T A. But the woman that did it, um, her name was Paula, and it was just very well, very well written and poignant. Nice. Yeah, that's really nice. The whole, um, the whole thing around the the Irish referendum was just incredible. Mm. I think we all had really emotive. Really, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was sobbing at my desk just reading all the home to vote stuff because it was just incredible. Oh, yeah. And when you just have that like momentum of people coming together because they all feel so strongly about something that feels like the right thing to do yeah then but yeah it was a very yeah i'm very pleased with the result so there we go nice did paula put her own twitter handle on there at all? i don't know because i don't follow the island i just i just saved the thread Mm. but i'm going to go back through and look at it actually because i think they do sign off with this is how you can follow me in real life Mm -hmm. sort of thing so yeah i'll I'll double check and i'll maybe i'll tweet about it nice one good girl crush Mm. really good very good yeah Okay, there we go. End of episode 10, Intentional Theme Week. How do you think it went? Good. Good? Yeah. Were you expecting one? Did you think there was one that someone was definitely going to do? A brand, uh, yeah, I thought yeah, Brandon probably. Lee would come up, but not like, not like oh, God, he's Sabius. <laughs> Just like, I stayed away from it because I thought maybe one of you two will do it because yeah. it's a really interesting story. I did wonder if someone was going to do Tommy Cooper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't even Cause think about that. Because it was on stage, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. I've got one that I thought someone else was going to do but no one did, obviously. No one did, so I'm just going to keep it for next time. Perfect. <laughs> Fine. Good one. Yeah. Keep him up your sleeve. But yeah, no, it's good. I like I like how different, in theory, they all were. Thanks to the adjudicator, Steve Popejoy. Yeah, thanks, Steve Popejoy. Thanks for listening. Yeah. We'll see you in episode 11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No theme for episode 11. We'll just oh, is up. there? <gasps> legs. Legs 11. Oh. <laughs> what? Fuck. Stories about <laughs> legs. People getting their legs pulled off. No, let's not no. do that. No. <laughs> I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> Uh, anyway guys we will see you next week thank you for listening yep see you next week yeah follow us though oh yeah yeah. follow us on the internet follow us on the internet we're on it find us (laughs) we talk about shit if you like quality tweets um, don't follow us don't follow us (laughs) find someone else follow the island twitter account yeah but yeah we're what away pod on no we're not talking about it what away pod on instagram and twitter and then we're what away pod at gmail.com if you want to come on the show if you want to make a suggestion if you hate us don't tell us if you hate don't. us that's what just keep it to yourself yeah don't okay. uh what's it called troll us mm. don't troll us please no. don't troll us no that's fine um, okay yeah all right see you around Cheers, then ciao bye, bye.